Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Job didn't realize he was prophesying when he gave that scripture that the Lord gives and takes away. Because in Galatians 3, he came to take away the curse and to give us the blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Job didn't understand it all. He didn't have the covenant we have. As far as we know, he didn't even have a covenant that we have any record of. But let me tell you, he was prophesying the day was coming where God was going to take away the curse and give us the blessing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm telling you. How about everybody? I, I hate to do this to you, but I really don't mind. <laughs> I'm going to split up here. How about stand with me real quick? This is just something I just feel in my spirit. The Lord said, have them stand and jog in place. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready to move to the next level. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. You, it's time to go to the next level. Praise the Lord. Man, we've come through the feast season and the Lord's been building our faith and building our faith and showing us how He made a plan thousands of years ago to the, to the very day, to the very dot, to the very tittle. But, I mean, it just perfectly is fulfilled in and through Christ. And He said everything that He said He would do, He's done. And everything He's yet promised He's going to do. He said, I just need some people that will have some faith to believe me. He said, I want to... Remember right before the, season, or the feast season started, the Lord was giving me that, that we not, God was saying we're not believing Him for enough. We're not believing Him for enough. We're just trying to get by. We're just trying to make ends meet. We're just trying to, you know, keep it, our life to where we don't have any conflict or anything. We just kind of live below the radar. And God said, you're not believing me for enough. You're not, you're not living in that miracle zone where faith is necessary. He said, you're, you're comfortable at your level of faith. And he says, I want you to stretch. I want you to go to the next level. I, he said, I want to do greater things for you. So I just felt so led of the Spirit of God tonight to talk to you about a God-pleasing faith. A God-pleasing faith. We're not here to please man. We're not here to please ourselves. We are here to please the Lord. And God says there's a faith that pleases Him. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus supernaturally, Lord God, we would take everything layer by layer that you've been giving us this year and that you've just given us through these fall feast seasons, Lord God. I pray as your word has been deposited in us. Lord, it's so deep in us that we don't even see it or feel it, but I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, that you would cause it to be a foundation in us, that we would stand upon this night and begin to move forward in the supernatural like we've never done before, that the Lord has books were written in days of old of your miracles. New books were going to be written of miracles that have taken place 21st century 2018 supernatural manifest supernatural exploits in and through the lives of your people Lord God. Let it begin tonight. Let it begin right here I pray. Let it begin in me. Let it begin in us Lord God. Lord your glory your supernatural manifest of your wonders of heaven on earth in and through your people. Let it be, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus, and I've gone to over this uh, before the feast season, and the Lord took me back to it, where Jesus spoke a parable unto them, and uh, he said that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Men ought to always pray and not lose heart, saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man, nor there was a widow in that city, for there was a widow in that city. She came to him saying, get justice for me and my adversary. And he would not for a while, 
But afterwards he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now Jesus is telling this story. It's a parable, and he's trying to teach a, 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 an earthly story with a heavenly meaning here. So he's wanting us to get this, that this is what an unjust judge would do. And if you can understand that with an unjust judge, can, can you even imagine how much easier it is with a just judge? For then he went on and said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with him? I tell you that he will avenge them. How? Speedily, speedily. Jesus is teaching us this is how His Father operates. That when we have faith to believe that if we persist, we're not giving up. There's a tenacity He's teaching here. That somebody says, I'm not going to stop until the manifest. I'm not going to stop until the breakthrough. I'm not going to stop until I, I see your promise fulfilled. I'm not going to stop. And Jesus says, here's an unjust situation and, and I'm using it as an example to you so that you would get it that your God, your Father, who is a just judge, He, he will speedily bring to manifest the judgments unto you. Hallelujah. Look at there. Then Jesus said, nevertheless, and I'm sure probably maybe a tear even welled up in his eye. He says, when the Son of Man comes, I wonder, will he really find faith on the earth? It's like, you know, I'm going to find a lot of stuff. There's going to be a lot of things going on. But I'm coming back and I'm trying to find faith. I'm looking for faith. My Father honors faith and I honor faith. And my spirit responds to faith. That's what we need to be focused on. Will there be faith? And I believe you're here on a Wednesday night because you want to please the Lord. I believe that you're here tonight because uh, you desire to have a God-pleasing faith. And, and when I say faith, I'm not talking about some religious ritual. That's not what we're talking about. Not some routine, okay? When I talk about faith here at Christian Embassy, what I'm talking about is not some mealy mouth or flimsy, flimsy, milk toast, you know, kind of faith. That's that, that, that kind of stuff that, yeah, we claim it, I believed after it received it so that it looks like we were spiritual. I'm talking about something that pushes back the gates of hell. I'm talking about a mountain moving, lion taming, fire quenching, Debt removing, sword escaping, soul saving, fiery dart extinguishing, enemy defeating, promise obtaining, destiny discovering, a sickness destroying kind of faith that pleases the Lord. That's what I'm talking about here. So we're here tonight. We're here to learn how to walk by this kind of faith. And we're learning how to talk by this kind of faith. And we're learning that, that we, need to, to, we really need to focus on a God-pleasing faith in our life. And some numbskud, or whatever, I get all, oh my goodness, we can get all kind of words going here, but we'll be nice. Some uh, knothead, let me say it that way, might say, well, why in the world do you need a mountain-moving faith? Well, I don't know about you, but I've got some mountains in my life that need to move. And why do you need a lion taming faith? Well, we, because we're perplexed by a devil who, who comes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's the reality. 
And why do we need a fire-quenching faith? Because let me tell you what, there's the, the, the tongue is set of fire on, by hell, the Bible says, uh, and there's words that are out there, and there's curses out there, and there's things the devil has tried to release over us, or even out of ignorance we've released over ourselves, that we need to quench that fire that was set on, uh, ignited by the tongue. And the reason we need some habit-breaking faith, well, duh, duh. Anybody got any habits in your life that you feel like need to be dealt with? Why do we need some devil-busting faith? Because there's some demons in this world. Let me tell you, there's some real demons in this world. They may be up in your house. They may be up in your junk, okay? But they shouldn't be. They don't have to be. You can take care of them with this God-pleasing faith. Why do we need some sickness-destroying faith? Open your eyes. Because sickness is destroying people. I'm telling you, sickness costs time. Sickness costs money. Sickness costs energy. Sickness destroys relationships. And nobody but the devil gets blessed when somebody is sick. I'm telling you, God said we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus bore our sickness and our pain in his body and carried him to that old tree to get the curse off of us. And when he took our sickness and he took our sins, he took them at the same time. There shouldn't be any more sickness in our life than there is sin in our life. Come on now. If you're living in sin, it's because you forgot He took them away and you've not repented and you've not fallen on your face before God with a sorrow in your heart and turned and made up your mind that you're going to give that old way of God, of the devil away and you're going to turn and do it God's way. But you need to do the same thing. You need to take that sickness and say, you have no more right in my body than sin has in my body. Jesus took this by His stripes. You've got to go. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. But the Bible says He also is the Lamb of God that took away our sickness and our disease. Somebody say amen. amen. So we need to have this God-pleasing faith that, that we can experience victory over sin. I'm ready to see the people of God victorious over sin, victorious over sickness, victorious over disease, victorious over the devil, victorious over poverty, victorious over fear. Whatever you're facing today, if it isn't from God, it's got to go. And I'm telling you, you can do it. You can do it by faith. Hallelujah. This is why we need this kind of faith. This is the kind of faith I believe Jesus is looking for. He's looking for a faith that doesn't just say, I believe in God. The Bible says even demons believe. Come on now. I believe he's looking for, let me say it again, some mountain-moving faith, some lion-taming faith, some fire-quenching faith, some sword-escaping faith, some kingdom-conquering faith, uh, some water-walking-on faith, uh, some habit-breaking faith, some devil-busting faith, some sickness-destroying faith, some debt-removing faith. Come on now. Some soul-saving faith. Uh, fiery dart extinguishing faith uh, discerning dis and, uh, and discovering uh, God's uh, destiny for our lives faith it's time for us to rise up with God pleasing faith anybody here want to walk in that kind of faith anybody want to walk in that who want to join me on this journey I want to lead the way we started out running I want you to keep up I want you to keep up I remember growing up I was always the chubby one don't say anything Anybody say anything? I will throw this box attendant tissue at you. <laughs> I was always the chubby one. And my brother was a little thin thing, and uh, he could run circles around me. So I learned to throw. Oh, here I was, just getting ready to throw some tissue box at you. 
And uh, so I couldn't catch him, but I could throw a brick bat. I could throw. Remember one time I took a grill. Remember those round grills that you put charcoal in and put the grill? I took that thing. He today talks about how it almost took his head off. And uh, you, you pick at me. He would pick at me and then run. And I couldn't catch him. But I remember in high school, I started taking karate and I was working out. And next thing you know, I trimmed down and I was all stretched. And I didn't know it. It changed me like that. And one night we were out running and my cousins and all, we were all out running in the countryside. And, and uh, my brother poked me and did something other and took off. And I took off after him and I caught him. And he says, oh, he looked at me with the biggest eyes. And then I just, instead of tackling him, I ran and outran him. First time I'd ever done that before. And I felt so good. And then I turned around while they're panting and acting as though they're about to have a, a heart attack. Uh, they're all bouncing around because we grew up on biscuits and fried chicken and rice and gravy. Come on now. I'm telling you now. We, okay. And they're like, oh, my cousins and all. And I'm running backwards faster than they are saying, come on, keep up, keep up. Now I think back on that and I was being a jerk that night. But so I, it felt real bad. So I'm getting you to join me as I'm starting on this. Okay, let's start. We're going. We're going to run a new race. This, this feast are, 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 are proven. Once again, who God is and what God's plan is. And it's time for us to run into this new year that God has given us and to run it with a God-pleasing faith. Hallelujah. Anybody in here need to remove any debt? Anybody in here need to remove any debt? Honestly, you need to remove any debt? Anybody in here need to discover your destiny? Maybe there's things haven't been discovered yet. Anybody in here need to defeat the enemy in any area of your life? Move any mountains that maybe are in your life. Anybody in here need to bust up the devil? And Okay, okay, amen. Well, we've been called to be more than conquerors. That's what Jesus said. The Bible says that it does not say, blessed be to God who made us to just get by. That's not what the Bible says. He said, no, He has called us more than conquerors, more than overcomers. So my question is, why are so many living at just the level of barely making it? Something's not right if we're children of God. I don't believe God wants you to be satisfied at just getting by. I believe there's an inheritance that you're to leave. There's a, there, there is a, a, a mark of God's glory, a fingerprint of God on and through your life that you're to leave on mankind as we pass through here. I don't believe God wants us to just be satisfied with just conquering. He said, I want you to be more, more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Not just a conqueror, but more than a conqueror. And to live this way, I've learned you've got to have this kind of God-pleasing faith. This is the kind of faith I believe Jesus is looking for. And I want, I want him to find it in me. He says, when I come back to this earth, will I find this kind of faith? I, I'm saying, Jesus, help teach me. I'm coachable. I'm coachable. I'm up off the sofa. I'm up out of my own thing. I'm into you, Jesus. Whatever route you want me to run, whatever exercise you want me to do, I'm ready to do it because when you come back, I want you to know I'm on your team. I want you to find me faithful. And I want him to find that kind of faith here at Christian Embassy. I want to be a pastor of a church that challenges you. 
that says, you know what? You are created for more than where you're at right now. You are created to be stronger than you are right now. You are created to be more blessed financially than you are right now. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? I believe God's got a currency of heaven. He's trying to get in and through this earth. He just wants us to get in position to believe Him, to receive it, so that we could be a, a financier of His kingdom work here in this day and in this day and this age. So I want God to, when He comes, He to say, wait a minute, let me stop by this place called Christian Embassy. This place is full of faith. I believe God is looking for somewhere to park so He can unload His goods. That's what the Lord, when I was praying, he says, I'm just looking for somewhere to park. Now, he talks ways that I'll understand. I don't think he's actually out here driving around. But he says, I, I'm looking for somewhere I can park and unload the goods. He said, I've got goods from heaven that will literally change your world. He said, will literally change your world. There is no limit with me. There is no cap with me. There is no lid with me. There is no law that I can't break. I made the law, and if I made the law, I can supernaturally ride over it. I can walk on water. I can stop wind. I can stop waves. He said, don't you worry about it. There's no limitation. There's no limitation. I just need somewhere that has a God kind of faith where I can pour it out on them. Hallelujah. I say, God, beginning even tonight, Lord, let this be the people. Let this be a place, Lord God, on one of your, your stops, Lord God, where you can pour out your blessings. You can pour out your anointing. You can pour out your power. You can pour out, Lord God, all of heaven in your glory. And Lord God, we won't take it and hold on to it. We'll know it's you, Lord, because the way we receive it and the way it flows through us is by faith hallelujah to you be the the glory lord god give us this kind of faith a faith where you say i'm going to believe god no matter what it looks like somebody needs to get a hold of that i'm going to believe god no matter what it looks like i'm going to believe god no matter what it feels like i'm going to believe god no matter what other people are saying about it i'm not going to listen to news and i'm not going to listen to neighbors and i'm not going to listen even to family members they're not going to talk me out of my god destiny i'm going to believe god over everything i see feel or hear in jesus name we know it we cannot please god without faith we cannot it's impossible the bible says it is impossible we can do every effort that we would ever exercise, but God says it will not please me if it is not in faith. Hallelujah. So but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And if we believe that he is, then you're going to see the reward because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I believe, why does he say those that diligently seek him in, in, in that uh, latter part of that verse is that goes back to that parable. Are you going to give up if it doesn't open, the door doesn't open immediately? Are you going to give up? Are you going to doubt God if it doesn't happen on your time schedule? Come on now. He said, I'm looking for some people with a God-pleasing faith that says, I'm believing God no matter what. I'm, I'm Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I believe God will deliver me from this, but if he doesn't work it out the way I think he's going to work it out, he's got another way, and he's going to get the glory. And sure enough, Nebuchadnezzar says, who is that? The fourth man looks like the Son of God in the fire. They come out without a hair uh, uh, singed and without the smell of smoke on their clothes. God did a bigger miracle, a better miracle through it. So just because it don't work out the way you think it's going to work out, you got to know God is in control and he's going to work this thing out. Hallelujah. 
The Bible doesn't say that without faith it's improbable that you'll please God, and it doesn't say that without faith it's not likely that you'll please God. It says it is what? Impossible. We got to get that in our mind. It is impossible, and faith without works is dead, so roll up your sleeves. I rolled my sleeves up tonight, and I said, this is symbolic. We've got to have a working faith. We got to believe it enough that we're going to go ahead and do it before we see it. And as we do it before we see it, he said, we will receive. We will see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the kind of faith Jesus is, is looking for. I call it a promise obtaining and a death defying, life overcoming, destiny discovering, God pleasing faith. Man, somebody say, ah, I'm so afraid I'm going to get a death sentence. I'm so afraid to go to the doctor. They may say, you got this and you've only got so many days to live. Let me tell you what, there's a faith that is a death-defying faith. You laugh, Brother Mark. You know, you've heard it, you've heard it, and you'll never walk again, and you're not going to live long, and your heart ain't going to work, and your legs aren't going to work, and your, and your pancreas ain't going to work, and here you are, praising God. Hallelujah. But he says in Hebrews 11 and 1, it has to be a now faith. Don't go back to grandma's faith. Don't go back to what you felt with some, some goosebumps 10 years ago. It's a now faith. We're not pulling on history. We're pulling on the power of God, the currency of God, the surgeons of God. The, 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 uh, you might would say like this power is coming behind all of these receptacles up here and I can plug into them. The faith of God is here. It's here. We've got to tap into His faith. We've got to use His faith now. And He says this now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I, and let me tell you what, you've got you to grasp that. Let me take healing for an example. Healing of your mind or healing of your emotions or healing of your body or healing of a relationship, whatever it is, if you're not seeing healing manifest, there's something you need to do. You don't just sit and wait and sit and wait. Now faith acts, rolls up its sleeves and says, wait a minute, now faith says, I, I've got to build on the substance. My, my now faith is the substance of things hoped for uh, so, so we're talking about a hypostasis. That's the Greek word for substance. Hypostasis. It's the foundation. It's the pillar in the ground. It's everything that's holding this building up. It's everything that's holding my life up. It's everything that's holding this world together. That is, this now faith is that hypostasis. It's the substance of things hoped for. So even if you don't have the manifest of the physical healing, get this now, even if you don't have the full manifest of the physical healing, the Bible says that if you have this kind of faith, it is equal to having the full physical healing because, because you have everything there the foundation is there it's just it's taking time to manifest and you may can fight through I would not say may you can fight through and speed up that time some people say well I'm just waiting I'm just waiting I say I'm just fighting I'm just fighting you say, who are you fighting? I'm fighting every spirit of infirmity. I'm fighting every lie of the devil. I'm fighting every spirit of doubt and unbelief. I'm fighting, I'm fighting. And I'm not fighting just to fight. I'm fighting with a sword, which is a word of God. And it's double-edged, it's double-edged. So God sharpened it coming to me, and I'm going to sharpen it going back to him. He said his word won't return to him void. So he's given me his word, and i got to give it back to him. i got to have faith to do that, so I'm going to fight that, that sickness and disease with the Word of God. I'm going to come again. I'm going to hold up my shield of faith and quench every fiery dart, the lie the devil is bringing, and I'm going to fight my way in to my healing. You can't just sit back and say, well, the doctor says this thing takes 21 days. I say, 
if it takes 21 days, you can just sit back and there's healing already in your body and in 21 days it's going to be there because you cut yourself immediately, it clots and starts healing because God created you in His image. There's healing in you. He's a healing God. He said, if you don't believe I'm a healing God, you just go eat some crab legs and, and pierce your finger just like I did with one of the claws and that thing starts healing up immediately. The blood went away and the next thing you know, it starts uh, 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 sewing itself together. Praise God. And I look at that and I'm reminded. I, I cut my thumb just uh, probably a week ago doing something silly and, and uh, it was uh, bleeding and all. And the next thing, I did, it was two days later, I think, I said, look, honey, I'm a healer. I said, the healer is in me. And I said, can you even see it? And she said, where did your smiley face go? I said, it's gone. It's gone because, and I'm showing y'all who are listening by radio right now, I'm showing my thumb, not, not my face. I'm throwing my thumb, I'm showing my thumb here. Sometimes when I listen to this on the radio and I'm like, oh my goodness, those folks had no clue what I was even showing the folks there. Uh, sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in, but uh, you got to use your imagination some as well. Okay. But let me tell you what, if you don't see the full manifest of it, the now faith is the substance. It's already, now faith already brings you the foundation, already brings you. I'm telling you, it's just like here. We had the foundation here, and we had all the, the, the structure, the substance out here. And we just had to put it together. We had to put it together. And we got a, a general contractor to come in here and put it together so we could have this building. There may be some things you just got to put together, but it's already yours. It's already yours. And you got to maybe fight, like we had to fight through some, some issues. You got to fight, but you got to fight with the Word of God. Hallelujah. There's too many people feel like they just got to obtain healing. I just got to obtain healing. I say, no, you need to obtain faith. Faith will take care of the healing. Hallelujah. And the way you obtain faith is by the Word of God. You find a promise in the Word of God, and it's not difficult. You can go to 1 Peter 2, 24, so simple. By His stripes, you were healed. His past tense, done deal. The foundation is already here. My now faith is holding on to that, and I get up on that foundation. I said, by His stripes, I was healed. So I'm fighting from a position of victory. I'm fighting from a position. I know the healing's going to manifest because I'm a now faith guy because I'm now standing on the Word of God. I'm not backing down. The pain has got to go. What's causing the pain has got to go. If it's a spirit of infirmity, it's got to go. If there's something out of alignment, it's got to come into alignment because I'm telling you I'm created in the image of God and I begin to decree and declare His Word in my life. You can go to Psalms 107 verse 20. <clears throat> he sent His Word and He healed them. And all you got to do is say, I got the Word. I got the Word. Jesus, You're the Word. I got You in my heart. And You've sent me Your Spirit and He fills me. And here I've gotten the written Word and now I've got the spoken Word. There's no way I can be defeated if He sent His Word and healed all my diseases. I've got the Word. So you stand on that hoopastasis, that foundation, and say, I'm going to stand here until the full manifest of that takes place in my life. I pray this is getting to somebody. The substance, hypostasis, you know, if you got the foundation, you got everything. It's a good example is you buy some land. And if you buy the land, everything that is on that land belongs to you. Let's say it's got orange trees. That fruit is yours. Say it's got pear trees. Those pears are yours. So let's say it's got, you know, walnuts. Those walnuts are yours because they're, they're part of the, the hypostasis. They're part of the, the substance that you now own. You own. You, faith helps you own everything that God has already provided in the atonement through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
So if it's finances you need, you just go to Philippians 4.19 and God says, I'll meet all your needs according to my riches and glory. And let me tell you what, you just stand on that. And you say, I will not back down. I, will not, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what stream it's going to come from. The Lord told us many years ago, he says, I'm going to, he said, just like I evaporate water and take it up to the mountain and I let it rain in the mountain and it runs in little streams and those little streams run into rivers and those creeks and those creeks run into rivers and those rivers run into the ocean he said that's how I'm going to bless you he said it's going to come with streams here and streams there and rivers here and rivers there and there's going to be an ocean of wealth that I give you and the reason being is you'll never worship not one of those streams or one of those rivers you will worship the God who causes it to rain and that's what we need to do. We need to say, if we got a need in our life, Lord, I praise you. You're the God that causes it to rain. And Lord God, even though the stream has not made it to me yet, to the river, and the river made it to my, me as the ocean yet, Lord God, you've got it raining. I, it's out of sight, but it's raining. You're working something. Don't go and curse it. Don't go and say, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how it's going to work out. Oh, I'm worse off than I've ever been. And using your words to curse it because a curse causes drought. We need the blessings. God, let it rain. Let it rain. And let me tell you what. And, and you believe, stand, now faith gets onto the hypostasis, the substance of God's word, and said, you said, God, you would meet all your, my needs according to your riches and glory. You said you would bless me, that I don't have to go to a certain place to be blessed. Do you know the new covenant is better than the old covenant? Did you know that in Hebrews 7 and 8, the new covenant is better than the old covenant? It is not written with blood of a lamb or blood of a bull. It is not written with a high priest with fallibility. It is not written in any... It is written with a, a better high priest, Jesus Christ, who was without sin, who mediated a better covenant built on better promises signed by His own blood, sinless blood, the Lamb of God. So we have a better covenant. And many times we don't have faith to live in the covenant provision of the Old Testament because, and that's sad. And if we don't have the faith to live in the covenant provision of the Old Testament, we're surely not going to have faith to live in the covenant, the better covenant that's a too good to be true called gospel. Gospel means too good to be true, but it's true. It's so good, it's just, that's unbelievable, but it's true. It's not exaggerated. That's the new covenant that we have in Christ Jesus. So now where uh, in the Old Testament they would have to go to a certain place that had been anointed and a certain land or a certain valley or a certain region in order to be blessed. God said, now I got better for you. He said, I'm going to put the blessing on you and it's on your hand, it's on your feet. Everywhere you go, whatever you put your hands to is blessed. Whatever you put your feet to. And then in the New Covenant, he says it's even better than that. By faith, you can send the blessing ahead of you to prepare a way for you. So if you're going into a, an interview, you can send the blessing of God. Did you know? Now faith can send the blessing of God into uh, a person's uh, presence to prepare you that when you walk in, the blessing is already... You're not, not only carrying the blessing by faith you can send the blessing forward hallelujah so now we don't have to pack up and run around moving with a cloud or moving with a pillar of fire trying to be blessed he says this thing in the new covenant is so good I put my fire in you I put my cloud my Shekinah glory in you that happened on the day of Pentecost when I gave you the Holy Ghost and if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost and sing in the Holy Ghost and stay in relation with the Holy Ghost he said the Shekinah glory is in you because now you're my temple you're my temple did you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost that the Holy of Holies is in you now 
So wherever you go, wherever you go, let me tell you what, the devil is backing. The Philistines are backing up. The Amalekites are backing up because they said everywhere that, 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 that Ark of the Covenant goes, the presence of the Lord goes, there's a powerful God that works with them. Jericho said their hearts were melting within them because they heard that the God of these people that have been wandering in the wilderness who works all these miracles is now right on the other side of the river. They weren't afraid of the people. They were afraid of the God of the people. Let me tell you why that same God is your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we got to learn to call in our miracles. Don't just wait for them. Call them in. Jesus said in Mark 11 and 24, Therefore I say to you, I say it to you. Look at somebody and say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Wake up. Wake up. He's talking to you. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. And what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Not some man. What did Jesus say? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? A God-pleasing faith believes that. You believe that you receive. I believe that as Christians, we've, got, we've forgotten how to live by faith. We've forgotten how to walk by faith. We've forgotten how to talk by faith. You know what? We, you know, we've got to learn that, 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 that it may not happen exactly the way we hoped it would happen. That's where faith finds its challenge. I, I, I see people so many times they feel like God's against them because they've, they've exercised this and everything didn't just unfold the way they wanted it to. And they're like, well, if God's against me, then what hope do I have? Where do you get God's against you? If he sent his only begotten son, not only to be whipped on a post, not only to get a crown of thorns, not only to be beaten, bruised, and beyond recognition, and not only to be nailed by hands and feet and a spear in his side, not all of that so that you could be healed and delivered and the curse of poverty could come off of you, but he hung him on a tree. The curse of the law, where you literally break the law and the curse legitimately would come on you, he took that curse off of you. Most of the verses 15 and following of Deuteronomy 28, he took off of you so that those first 14 verses of the blessing could come on you. So God is not the one beating you down. He is not the one putting sickness on you. Because if you believe that, you won't declare his word. You won't stand in faith. But if you know that if my God is for me, who can be against me? And you say, the thing that pleases a God who stands with me against all enemy and all foe, he is pleased when I operate in faith. You will begin to declare the word of God. You will declare, God says, it's not what I see. It's not what I think. It's not what I feel. If God's word says it, I believe it. I, if he said, ask, you will receive. I'm going to ask, believe, and receive to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hmm. When you don't feel things are working for your good, by faith you need to rejoice anyway. See, we got to learn how to fight this thing because the devil don't play fair. You get up on the hoopostasis, the substance of his word in Romans 8, 28, where he says all things, 
He said all things. Now what he says, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So no matter if it looks like things are coming against you, you say, wait a minute, no, 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 no. You stand on the hypostasis of the substance of God's word and his promises, and your now faith says, I'm going to declare the word of God in the midst of this darkness that I'm going through. See, too many Christians are abandoning faith. I see it all the time. They're leaving the faith aspect of their relationship with God, which they don't understand, is destroying the very fabric of their relationship with God. It's like nobody wants to be stretched anymore. And the devil knows that, that if he can contend against you and cause a little extra stretching, that you'll throw in the towel. You'll have that little faith that Jesus talked about when he uh, was awakened by the disciples and they're saying, the storm is here and you don't care, you're sleeping, we're going to die. And he said, didn't you not just see the miracle we performed, the supernatural abundance of heaven poured out in a circumstance situation? He says, why are you have got such little faith? And we know it wasn't a size word, if you'll study the Greek. It's not a size word like the size of a mustard seed because he says if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will have to go. So he, that word little means a short-lived, a short-winded faith. A faith that when pastor was preaching, yes, I believe God. And then you walk outside and get smacked in the face with reality and say, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard out here. Jesus says that's that short-winded faith you need to you you need to work on your length of running you need to build your wind you need to believe me folks just don't like stretching we've forgotten to give by faith instead of we give if we have something left over and we don't even understand we just think well god you're happy you know i'm giving you but let me see god set up this covenant which, which one of the things, he says, where a man's treasure is, his heart is, and where his heart is, his treasure is, he says, let's make sure that this, uh, the spirit of mammon is not on what, if it's cattle you're using, if it's land, you're, whatever it is, he says, I want you to honor me with a tithe, but I also want you to honor me with offerings. Some of those offerings, he tells them, up to 30-something percent, right at 40 percent, if you go through all the offerings where God said to bring at different times. Then there's other ones that we talked about, three of the feasts. He says, just don't come before me empty-handed. He don't even tell them what to do. So God, it's not like God needs it. If all the gold is the Lord and all the diamonds he created, he knows where gold is that, that the gold rush folks missed. He knows where diamonds are. You thought South Africa had all the diamonds. Uh-uh, no, no. He knows where diamonds are that you don't even, I mean, mountains of diamonds. Mountains. All he does is just go and got a patch of coal over here, and he just goes and squeezes it. And we look at it and say, oh, it took millions of years, like stupid heads, we say that, you know. <laughs> millions of years. That's the answer to everything that's God. If God can say, let there be light, let the water separate from light, let there be, you know, he creates with a word, you know, stupidness says, we can't explain all that. We just throw a billion years on that. that. That covers it. You don't even know what a billion years is. You couldn't even count to a billion in your lifetime. Think about it. So God don't need our money, but he knows we need money. 
whatever the exchange currency is in our culture to, to survive. That's how, we, that's how we do life. Whether it's chickens to the doctor to get cared for. If you ever watch Gunsmoke, Doc Adams got chickens and eggs and stuff for doing his medical work. Some of our doctors in here, after dealing with insurance companies, you kind of wish they would give you a chicken. <laughs> All the paperwork and the work it is with that. And you do it and it's worth this. And they said, well, we'll give you a, a third of that and that's it. Suck it up. So he gives us this opportunity to give in now faith. We learned this. We were the, we were the brokest pastors probably in the world. I don't know. We were, man, we were in bad shape. I look back on it. We were, thank God, before Townsend wasn't born into it. We got the revelation before he was born. But man, we were brokered in dirt. I mean, brokered in, it was bad. And uh, so, so we got it. And, and she and I, coming back from South Carolina from a conference on giving, we got it. Al Taylor, I think was his name. We got it. So we'll give our way out of this. Devil, you think you're going to cause us to go in the bunker and hide? You a fool. You a fool. We've given tithes our whole life, but we didn't give in faith. And anything done not in faith, the Bible says, is sin. So we really were sinning the way we were giving. Even though we were meeting the letter of the law, we're not under the law. We got a new covenant. We're operating. We're, we're trampling underfoot what Jesus did for us. So, so we're going through the motions, but there's no faith in it. Man, we said, we're going to double this thing up. We're going to double it up. Not only are we going to, we now know how to give, uh, bring our tithes and on, but we're going to double it up. And she was in agreement with me, and I was in agreement with her. And I'm not going to say we weren't nervous about it. We were, we held hands, and we were like, she had little tears in her eyes. We were like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. Oh, my goodness. We've done this thing. Because God has been faithful. Amen. He's been faithful. I mean, that's just one area of our life. We're talking about healing. We talk, every area of our life, God wants you to have this faith. Romans 4 and 20. Boy, I better wrap this thing up. Tells the story about Abraham, who God promised the son when he was 75 years old. And for 24 years, look at somebody and say, that's a long time. You thought you've been waiting a long time with your three months the thing ain't come to pass and six months, and 24 years. But look what he says here. He did not waver at the promise of God. He didn't have the covenant we have. The Abrahamic covenant, let me tell you what, had blessings to it that we get, hallelujah, but he didn't have the covenant that we have. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But look, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, what God had promised, God was able to perform and therefore it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Hallelujah. These are the three things. Let's wrap it up with this. Three things Abraham did. Let's say we're going to do the same thing and more. We can do it better because we got a better covenant. Number one, we see it right there in Romans. It tells us in Romans 4.20, it says... He strengthened his faith. 
It began with him strengthening his faith. I am here tonight to challenge you. Come on, let's get in the gym. Let's get in the faith gym. Let's get signed up for this workout. Let's get some sweat rolling uh, and let's start running and jogging and, and walking and lifting and building up and strengthening our faith. It's time that we, the children of God here at Christian Embassy, walk with this God-pleasing faith where we part the water in the name of Jesus and we help bring the lost in. They're going to see the miracles and say, whoa! And you're going to say, that's God. And that same God wants to be your God. But you got to humble yourself. you got to repent. you got to fall on your face before Him. you got to surrender to His Lordship. you got to call Him Lord. you got to get up and serve Him and honor Him. you got to Turn your life around and He'll aid you. He'll assist you by this Holy Ghost who comes in you, who will cleanse you and purge you, who will wash your sin away and begin to download truth and knowledge that you have no way of ever learning in your own and giving you wisdom of heaven so that you can walk this walk and talk this walk. Let's, let's bring the lost in. Some people say, oh, let's grab church growth. Oh, there's a church over here in trouble. Let's tell those folks, you can come over here. I'm telling you what, if somebody's in trouble and they need a church, they can come here. But the church growth that we are looking for is souls being saved, men and women of God being born again. At one moment, they're on their way to hell. And the next moment, uh, their name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And you get credit in heaven uh, throughout eternity for being a part who helped faith them in because you lived in the miracle zone. He strengthened his faith. So faith must be like a muscle. you got to exercise it. you got to challenge it, to gr it for it to grow. I believe that's why the Lord's telling us, you're not believing me for big, big enough. you still mealy mouth. Oh, I just want to get by. I just want you got to stretch it. I tried to do a stretch, but it was going off the screen. Stretch your faith. you got to stretch your faith. Come on now. Challenge it. Challenge it. No one builds muscles by uh, picking up rolls of bounty paper towels. Uh-uh, it ain't going to happen. Muscle is built by it being stretched, by it being torn down with proper diet, and it rebuilds stronger and bigger. Let me tell you what, we must do the same with our faith. You got to come against resistance. I'm telling you, if you, the devil's fighting against you, you say, "Cool, I'm so glad you're doing that because you're the dumb, you're the you're the weights on my dumbbell here." I'm telling you what. Oh, I was working with the little pink one that says 1.5. Okay, that's what I was working with. You know. Oh, but devil, you're coming against me. Aha! Now I got these big old ones, and, and you. Ugh. And you're getting them out and you're like, oh, you think you're going to destroy me. You think you're going to ruin my family. You think you're going to make me lose everything. You think you're going to cause me to be wheelchair bound. Uh-uh, what you bring against me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight back. I'm going to fight back in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you what, you've got to keep believing and proper diet, when you break down muscle, you got to get the proper diet. you got to get that protein and amino acid and all that stuff. Talk to Brother William. He works at GNC. He can tell you exactly what you need. Okay. He said, I thought you were talking about my physique. Okay. Well, that too. Talk to Brother William. But nonetheless, let me tell you what. you got to have a proper diet. you got to eat the Word. And I promise you, if you come to this gym called Christian Embassy, I'm going to serve you the protein from heaven. I'm going to give you the Word of God. I'm going to give you the bread of life. And it's going to help you grow and stronger and stronger. So don't quit. Don't quit. Exercise your faith muscle. Hear the Word. Speak the Word. Step out on the water. 
And if you've, you've sunk down in there, get back there and, and keep eating the Word and speaking the Word and believing the Word. And keep don't give up. Say, oh, I tried that. I tried that. I used to go do the best spinning back kick. My, the, the, that, my uh, teacher would say, Tim, Tim. And that class, 30-some people, he said, come up here and show them how it's done. And he'd step back. And I'd pop that bag in such a way it almost knocked a hole in it. I don't know why, just my body, muscle, mirror, I got it. I got it. But let me tell you what, it didn't start out that way. I got in there with my white belt, and this was a Christian karate class. I'm not meditating and yoga-ing and all this stuff. Okay, I got my white belt on, and I'm a little chubby at the time, you know, and we did our exercise. And I'm panting, and I'm sweating, and, I'm, and my belt would come untied because I was a little thick in the waist and it wouldn't get to where it needed to have a... I, I, I had a little overhang. You know, my, when you tie the belt, you're supposed to have those little ears hanging down. I had the little nipping of little ears like this rather than rabbit ears. And I tell you what, but I kept going Tuesday and Thursday. And everything he said, do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. I did Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Saturday out there on that farm. And then I'd get back there Tuesday and Thursday. And the next thing you know, I'd tie my belt, went up to a yellow belt, and I had some little rabbit ears. I'm like, whoa, some, that belt, that yellow belt's longer. So I took it and compared it to my white belt, and they were the same length. And I'm like, whoa, it's not. Must have some stretch to it. No, I was getting in shape. And before long, I was the one leading the class. And when they, those folks like, we can't do it. We're going to do it one more time. Every time somebody said we can't do it again, I say we're doing it one more time. One more time. You can do more than you think you can do. All you need to do is be pushed a little. I'm here to push you. I'm here to push you. And I want you to push me. So together, we can get strong in our faith. He exercised his faith. And secondly, he glorified God. Through those 24 years... When he had only a promise, he's saying, God, I thank you for my son. I thank you for my son. Through my son's seed is going to be a nation, but not just a nation, but the nations of the world you said would be blessed through the seed. As I look at the stars and look at the sand, Lord, I thank you. He just kept praising God. He just kept thanking God. He kept saying, God, I thank you. Isaac's on his way. I thank you. My son is on his way. Some of us have got to learn to do that. We thought out our prayer and we go look and see if it happened if it didn't we say well that's what I expected I just yes that always happened everybody else pastor he gets his breakthrough but I don't get my breakthrough pastor Odeka she gets her breakthrough she's married to pastor Tim their kids get their breakthrough yeah mine look at it stank old stank thing still right there stank thing still right there just what I thought just what that wasn't Abraham that wasn't Abraham 24 years he glorified God you got to make up your mind. I'm giving God the glory for my healing. I'm giving God the glory for, for my prosperity. I'm giving God the glory for my breakthrough. I'm praising God. I'll sing another song. I'll lift my hand. Devil, you want to really get, you really want to stir me up? I'll dance in church. Somebody going to get that. I'll start. God said, praise me with the dance. Ain't nobody praising him with the dance. So somebody needs to take up. So I'll start praising him with the dance. Hallelujah. And running. I don't know if that's praising God or not. But if I feel like running, devil, I'll run right in the middle of the church. And I may run with you, so pastor ain't going to hold you down. Glorifying God. Unwavering faith. That's the kind of faith that moves mountains. That's the kind of faith that tames lions. That's the kind of faith that Jesus is looking for. And then the final one. He remained fully 
convinced that God was able. That God was able to perform what he promised. You weren't going to change his mind. Somebody said to me, Pastor, what if the day comes you get a sickness? Somebody asked me this. You get a sickness and it's unto death. I said, let me tell you why. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it from a position of victory. I'm not. Wait a minute. What do you mean? I'll declare. Brother Hal knows. Sister Diane knows. I heard him declaring it while he was 59 days on life support. He's not going to die. He's going to live. And he's going to declare the works of the Lord. He's not going to die. This man right here, I watched him. I took Alvin Slaughter up there. He was visiting. He said, let me go see my buddy Hal. And we took him up there and walked out of there. And he said, I'm about to faint. I'm about to pass. I'm about to faint. I said, why is that? He said, I've never seen anybody look like that. That's bad. That's bad. I said, but did you not hear what they're saying? And we've got to stand with what they're saying. He's not going to die. He's going to live. And he's going to de declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, how can you declare the works of the Lord? Hallelujah. Every day, every day. Praise the Lord. Out working, running the company, doing leading. I'm telling you, out in construction world too. He said, devil, I'll knock you in the head with a hammer. Praise God. Amen. Fully convinced. Man, this month it didn't work out. Maybe God, maybe God has another plan. You eating the wrong food. You eating the wrong food. You working out, but you eating bonbons. You eating Krispy Kreme. So you're not fully convinced. You're on the wrong diet. You got to stay in this word. You got to meditate on this word. He said, "Meditate on my word day and night, and you will find good success everywhere you go." Every, everywhere you go, good success means the manifest of God's promise made whole in your life. Praise God. And I close with 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises. That's everyone. That's all of them. All of them. I heard a preacher say, I studied it in German, and I studied it in Italian, and I studied it in Hebrew, and I studied it in Greek, and every language all means all. 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 So you're not going to change the word here. All the promises of God are what? Yes. yes. But look at what? All of the promises of God where? In Him. Your faith, let me tell you what, has got to be connecting you in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This isn't just some faith to work miracles and magic. It comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It comes with your surrender to Jesus Christ. Is there a room? Is there an area? Is there a place? in your life that is not under his lordship. Only you know. And tonight would be a good night to go in that room with a spotlight and say, okay, this trash has got to go. This junk has got to go. This has got to go. Because everything it's me connected to him. And I'm not going to let anything stand between me and my God. Is there anything standing between you and God tonight? Is it money? Lord, I don't give you full surrender because you may, you may really challenge me to, to at least tithe. I'm scared. I don't want to. That's my money. 
Is it some hidden areas of your life that you know are not pleasing to God, but you don't want to let them go? I'm telling you, it's not worth it. Whatever seconds of pleasure, that few dollars running through your hand because your money bag has a hole in it because you're not in covenant with God, those few moments that money runs through your hand into that money bag and through that hole, that pleasure is not worth it. If it's a lustful thing that you're doing outside of the perimeters of marriage that are not pleasing to the Lord, those few moments of pleasure are not worth it. If it's that anger that is, you just justify it, you say it's part of your culture, it's a, it, it was part of your culture from hell. But it cannot be a part of your culture of heaven. The, the anger that you have has to have boundaries. In your anger, sin not. not nothing wrong with feeling anger. But you have to keep it with boundaries. Your, your temper has to be Surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Is there fear? I sense that's a, a big one this day and age. A lot of fear. God is not the one who gave you the spirit of fear. God is not giving you that. So you know where it's from. So you got to say, wait a minute, you got to go. You got to go. Well, you've always been fearful by nature. Well, you were a born of Adam's nature, but now you've got a new nature. You're, you're a child of God. You're born again. Fear, you got to go. Intimidation, you got to go. Right? Whatever it is, it says, for all the promise, put that scripture back up, please. For all of the promise of God in him are yes, and he makes a point, and in him, amen, to the glory of God. God wants to work the miracles through us, but he wants to do it through us. He's looking for somebody who will have this God-pleasing faith so he can park his rig full of miracles of heaven He's, and he can unload them. He said, I'm looking for somebody that I can do something mighty through. I'm looking for somebody I can express my divine creative nature through. See, God's a creator. You say, well, I don't know what there is, a system or what that can help me. God says, don't worry about that. I'll create something I create a new organ. We had doctors give reports. From this test to this test, you got a heart transplant. You ain't got the same heart. What happened? You think God, who gave you the first heart, can't give you the second heart? Gave you the first ankle, they can't give you the second ankle? For all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him, amen. To the glory of God, would you stand? Holy Spirit, show us. Let this be your prayer. Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, show me. Just show me. Is there anything standing between me and you? Lord, I want to embrace you with all that I am. I want to serve you with all that I have. I want to live for you. Lord, I want to be that vessel that you flow, bring your glory from heaven to earth, that you flow, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, that you flow through. Lord, I want to make myself available. But I know I've got to make sure 
every part of me is surrendered to your Lordship. Is he Lord over every area of your life? If he's not, would you take the most important moment of your life? You can do it at this altar. You can do it at your seat. You can do it standing right where you are. But the important thing is that you'll do it. That you'll ask God to forgive you for holding on to this unclean thing. Ask God to forgive you the brokenness of heart that you've allowed this thing to stand between you and Him. And ask Him to forgive you right now. And ask Him to cleanse you and to fill you afresh and anew with His ever-living and ever-powerful and ever-present Holy Spirit. Fill me, Spirit. Fill me, Spirit of God. Lord, I don't want to give that thing up and leave that area empty. I want you, Holy Spirit. Your righteousness, your truth, your grace and mercy. Hallelujah. And don't do this unless you mean it. Don't do it if you're feeling your emotions are gotten you moving on it. Just do it if you truly, truly, truly are committed to it. And say, God, I'm signing up for this gym class. Lord, I want my faith. I want to work my faith. I want to work my faith. I want to build my faith. I want, I want to receive the word that challenges me. Holy Spirit, I want to receive the prompting of you. Lord God, I want to make this priority to work my faith, to exercise my faith. And then would you say as Abraham did, and God, until the full manifest of your promise is in my life, you will find on my lips praise I will thank you I will praise you I will glorify you before the miracle Lord I know I'm going to do it afterward that's easy but Lord my faith is going to help me I'm going to glorify you before it is manifest hallelujah because Lord I am fully convinced fully convinced that you are able to perform what you have promised to you be the glory, to you be the honor, and to you be the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, you got, we're work, we just finished up working out. I know you're sweaty and maybe smell a little, but go hug somebody. Let, let the gym smell get on them, okay? Say, we're going to build our faith. We're going to exercise our faith. We're going to grow in the things of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, love on one another as you go out tonight. Thank you for being here. And may God bless you tremendously.